0: You're very welcome too. The 12 Rants of Christmas, uh, hosted by your truly, Jared Leggett, a special offshoot of the Page 180 podcast, while we take a break from the main show for Christmas. But I didn't want to leave you guys alone for Christmas, so we're providing a little bit of extra content here uh, for you on the feed. Uh, Every day, uh, we'll be having mini-episodes of the podcast uh, uh, where we'll be covering different topics, uh, topics that may stray away from the norm of what we usually cover at TV, movies, sports, etc. And uh, cover things that are on my mind. If uh, you've ever Listen to the Low Blows Network for old school listeners. Uh, you may remember I did a show at the time called Nash, uh, where I covered very similar topics. So we'll be covering different things over the next 12 days and mini episodes. Uh, and I hope you enjoy. You can follow along via Spotify. Or we'll have full episodes also up on our YouTube channel. Follow along how you like. We're going to start today with... A bit more familiar territory as we're going to discuss uh, a favorite Christmas movie of many. Uh, The movie in question is Love Actually, which may be uh, many people's favorite. Uh, It is my mother, so I really hope she doesn't listen to this. Because what I'm going to talk about as we hit the 20 year anniversary of Richard Curtis's Christmas classic is how everybody in Love Actually is actually the worst. They're all horrible people and I'm calling it a Christmas classic but I use that you loosely because in reality, I'm going to just say it, this is a bad movie filled with the absolute worst people imaginable. Don't believe me? Let's look at them all individually, and obviously look, there's going to be spoilers here, don't bitch to me if you continue listening, you've had 20 years to get caught up, it's fucking love actually, okay? That's like saying uh, the Bruce Willis spoiler from The Sixth Sense, this is on you if you get spoiled from here. Let's start off with Bill Nye's aging ex heroin addict rocker Billy Mack who is clearly a sex pest and almost definitely wouldn't have survived Me Too. Look at some of his antics that he does throughout the course of the movie. He goes on radio lying about riding Britney Spears, which he most almost certainly did not. He calls his manager and his best friend ugly to the entire nation. He tells kids to do drugs when on television with Anton Deck, and he exposes himself to Michael Parkinson. He's essentially... I I initially thought he's kind of like Russell Brand. He is Russell Brand. Let's call a spade a spade. The only reason he's older and an aging rocker is because... They cast Bill Nye, and they had to find a character for him, but he is the kind of Russell Brand style lovable scamp that the British TV nation loved back in the early 90s. You know, the list of people who all, every single one of them turned out to be sex offenders? Yeah, them. How many women victims do you reckon that manager Joe paid to sign NDAs? That's just, I'm just throwing it out there, we all know it's true. If we're gonna stick with the theme of sex pests, let's talk next about Chris Marshall, who has every woman in the office rolling their eyes when he shows up at the beginning of the movie with a delivery immediately cracking on to every possible girl within sight. And instead of reflecting on his own behaviour, he calls English women stuck up and says that his solution is that he needs to go to America, which bafflingly works. That is, turns out, his solution. The conclusion of this British beloved movie is that English women are, in fact, stuck up. Uh, He's absolutely the kind of person who will get rejected in a nightclub and then immediately go on to call the girls that rejected him lesbian. It's kind of hard to criticise grieving father and son Liam Neeson and Thomas Brodie Sangster, so instead, you know what, we're going to focus instead on their late mother and wife who completely failed to anticipate that everyone who knew her would be going through severe pain when funeral planning and chose the Bay City Rollers as her song, so they couldn't even get the catharsis of a proper funeral and must instead postpone their suffering and grief, all um, Also, she can get one last cheap laugh that she he's not even there to experience actually do you know what wait i know you said you couldn't criticize liam neeson but it turns out it's not that difficult you just need to keep watching because his attempt to deflect from grief comes in the form of trying to be the wingman for his stepson and finding love uh, with the nativity singer that he ends up performing with this leads to him in the end of the movie encouraging him to rush past airport security to declare his love now i'd like to point out one thing about love actually it's 20 years since it was made. It's 2023 now, so it was 2003 then. This is an airport just after 9 11. Airport security was insane. He could have been killed. That child should not be put within his care. That is not sound advice. He could have actually been murdered. At one say he was getting chased by security. And like realistically, if it wasn't like a fun, uh, like light movie, that probably would have been what happened in the real world. Martin Freeman spruces up awkward sex scenes with his co-star by making homophobic jokes like at one stage he calls the new prime minister gay as a picnic basket. That's an actual quote by the way, that happened. But the only decent person in this movie is Laura Lunny's Sarah. Uh, unfortunately they only had a quota of one it seems as she successfully hooks up with the dreamy Rodrigo Santoro who seconds after she confides in him that her brother is sick and phones a lot as she's his only family support. is like you don't have to pick that up when he calls again. Then he looks pissed when she does. Oh, I'm sorry, Rodrigo Santoro. Is mental health within families less important than you having sex with your thousandth woman? And then later on, there's no even payoff for this. Sarah does not get a happy ending. She hugs her brother at the end. That's all that happens. The last of this romantic encounter isn't him coming up to her and going, you know what? You're worth it. I accept you and everything that comes along with you because you're just an amazing person. No, he essentially just looks at her and says, Merry Christmas, and then walks off to presumably ride someone else who didn't have the back as she did. What a fucking asshole. Hugh Grant gets presented as this brave British Prime Minister for basically declaring war on American President Billy Bob Thornton, but let's not forget that all of that was in service of impressing one of his staff after he caught her hooking up with Thornton. A staffer who, by the way, he promptly sacked. And I know some love actually diehards are going to get in the comments and they're going to say, ah, he actually said the word redeployed, but come on, let's not be stupid here. And you know what? The worst part is, he didn't even rethink it all until. She apologized. She had to apologize to him. So basically, we're not dancing around Downing Street and sacking single staff members for liking other people instead of him. He's playing fast and loose with the security of the people who voted for him for just the hope of getting his leg over in a total totally power imbalanced relationship. And let's play this out let's imagine that this was the real world and he just slided the most lethal military power very publicly let's just say that they don't turn around and say oh isn't he so brave outspoken and romantic I guess you better just get rid of all our guns turn off the nukes and train our cops not to be racist pricks because of that little speech let's just say that they don't respond that way which would seem unlikely giving decades of evidence of history how many people would need to die in the ensuing nuclear holocaust for him showing up at her house later in the movie, not to be considered, oh cute. Speaking of trying to ride your staff, a running theme uh, that happens in this movie, which Richard Curtis worryingly seems to think is the definition of romance. Colin Verta, one stage tries to get over catching his partner fucking his brother by getting under his Portuguese cleaner. But remember, it's not abuse of power if you offer her the last Danish. Oh, and like Natalie, Aurelia is left out of work by the end of the movie and her and her family are basically now financially dependent on this new romance working out. So that's kind of where she's at. Amazing. How romantic. Don't even get me started, do you not? get me started and I know this is something that a lot of people pick up on but it bears repeating. On the love triangle with Chiwetel Ejiofor, Andrew Lincoln and Kira Knightley, Mark is essentially an absolute dick to Juliet because she had the neck to fall in love with his best friend instead of him. He then goes on to ruin her wedding video by being that creepy photographer focusing all of the video filling his wank bank with shots of her arse and cleavage. Playing Dido doesn't mean that's not a super creepy thing to do, Rick. Peter is about as attentive a friend as he is a partner apparently, either not picking up on his mate being absolutely insanely in love uh, with someone else, as you know, we probably should do if we're best friends with someone, or worse, he did so and then he made his best man film everything at the wedding. And Juliet is such a shit wife that the second someone who had been an arsehole to her shows one bit of positive attention she cheats on her husband and kisses him while he's feet away. And finally, it's a no brainer, the cheating husband Alan Rickman is not a good person, although to be honest look, if you play Snape and Hans Gruber then as far as I'm concerned you can ride whoever you want. But surely nobody can say anything bad about his poor victim wife though, right? Everyone still talks about this plot because Emma Thompson decided to break from the pack at one stage and actually act well in the scene that she discovers he's got her a Joni Mitchell CD for Christmas, meaning the necklace must have been for someone else, which masks the fact that on the face of it, this storyline makes no sense, shouldn't be in this movie, and doesn't seem to actually have an ending. First off. How is this a love story? The message of every other storyline in this movie is about characters throwing caution to the wind and following their heart at Christmas. Is the movie saying that you should ride your secretary and leave Boring old Emma Thompson for Christmas? Well, no, because we see Rickman meet his family to a tepid reaction in the airport at the end. And by the way, we've no other, we've no idea why he was there other than that's where the rest of our main characters were having their endings. Did she send him to Egyptian sex rehab or something? Actually, if you dig deeper, you'll find that the context does imply that this story has an ending, and it's actually perfect for this movie, because if Rickman and Thompson decided to stay together, as it appears they does, then presumably he's chosen her over the secretary and she's no longer working for him because that would be majorly inappropriate. So yes, for those of you keeping score again, that meant that this story had the most romantic ending that Richard Curtis seems to think exists and for a third time in the movie, a woman who fell for one of the dickhead men in the movie, who by the way again was single, has lost her job. Which also means that if Emma Thompson agreed to try staying with him, she signed off on this single woman who actually had no commitment to anyone therefore played no part in the betrayal being sacked unless you subscribe to the lazy trope of men only cheat because they're stupid think with their dick and evil women tempt them therefore congratulations to emma thompson's character because even from a position of pure sympathy you too graduate to join the rest in being the fucking worst and that's why love actually is actually in love with being fucking terrible do not watch this movie. Watch Home Alone. Watch Die Hard. It's a Christmas movie. I'm not doing a rant on that because it's just fact. And that's been my rant for today. Happy Christmas, guys.